Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Williams. Joining me today is Christoph Katzbeck. Hey Jay. How's it going? It's good. How are you doing? Fine. Did you guys do a podcast last week? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. That shows that I don't listen. This is good. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, Jeff and I. Was it good? I thought so. Okay. It's always fun when Jeff and I get to critique your sermons, you know? I should listen to that. You really should. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, my brain is still mashed potatoes after a, a Disciple Now weekend, so I don't remember what we talked about, but I remember really enjoying it. So That's great. Yeah. Now we get to critique Jeff's now sermon. We- <laughs> it was big. Yeah, it was a big weekend. We had D-Now and yeah. then uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl weekend. Which commercials, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch any of it. You didn't watch any? Did, any of it. Did you watch the He Gets oh, Us? I, I, Let's do something not controversial. Did you Did you see the He Gets Us commercials? <laughs> Jay. Yeah, I did. What'd you think? Why are you doing this to me? What? I thought it was, it was I, a podcast for our church. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good commercial. I like. I don't know. You know what I think is interesting? What's that? This is one of those things where I just asked you, and then I'm like, oh, I have. Uh, you, you seem uncomfortable with it. So I'll, I mean, there is like this is, people. People have opinions, people and I'm like, I'm opinions. like, man, Jesus did wash people's feet, right? right? Like that's yeah, that happened, and you know, God does get us. He loves us. So you know, here's the thing that I think was interesting, like. There are two. Are you seriously slurping on the I'm podcast? Trying, I'm trying so hard. That was trying not yeah, to was slurp. Trying, yeah. Yeah. Oh I want to drink the. I want drink the goodness, coffee. That was trying not to slurp. I'll, you gotta. You're gonna have to tell me when. We'll just pause it and okay. and yep. then like we do if someone has a coughing fit because because it's, it's about the same drink, volume. Coffee. It's the same volume. Sorry. You drinking coffee and the coughing fit. <laughs> Same same volume as the uh, girl so, who snored in church. So on anyway, Sunday. oh my goodness, why would you say that? That was amazing. Sorry, it was really good. It was funny. I and I know that there was embarrassment around there, but like I found that so funny. Yep. Yeah, I was in no way. Yeah, yeah. and One, Jeff was not offended in any way. No, no. Those teenagers had been up like, for seventy two hours essentially. Yeah, with, with yeah, very intermittent done. sleep. And then oh, you're talking about Jeff. Jeff is just such. Jeff's preaching style is like sit on the couch or let's have a cup of coffee or tea. And he's just so soothing soothing and endearing. And you just want to just sit there and like have a blanket and, you know, a cup of coffee. And, and, uh, and those poor girls just, they were out. They were, (laughs) they were out. I would, I would love a Jeff Clossy audio Bible. I would, I would listen to that. Yeah. That'd be great. I would totally listen to that. And I was thinking like, it was good news, bad news for the D now kids with Jeff preaching instead of me because we said good news, a little bit shorter. Good news, shorter. Yeah. Bad news, like soothing, soothing voice. Like yeah. with me, it'd been longer, but then you'd have the moments of me screaming randomly into the microphone, which would have <laughs> that that though would have been would have been even funnier. That would have been hilarious. Anyway, so the he gets us commercial. So yeah. here's the thing about that that I I I do I want to say something about it because usually we don't. We don't go into anything like this, but it's so common right now. And I think it's a really good teaching moment, or at least, you know. All right, man, send so, it. Yeah, let's hear it. So here's the thing. I'm, listen, I would never be the one in charge of buying a Super Bowl ad and everything. I I can't order outside of the dollar menu at McDonald's. Like, I am so cheap when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I would never be able to stomach spending that kind of money. So sure, personally, yeah. I don't, I that would never be my I'm God's never going to put me in charge of doing that. So that's good for me. But some of the criticism of it is really weird to me. And I do want to call out two, the two main criticisms. There's okay. weird criticism out there that I hope we all can just dismiss out of hand. Like I heard criticism of like, Oh, so I'm supposed to believe that Jesus would be compassionate towards people who didn't have the same view as him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's kind of the point. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the two criticisms that I could see people saying, oh, yeah, that, that kind of resonates. One is that it was an incomplete picture of Jesus. Sure. Um, you know, nothing about his deity, nothing about salvation, nothing about, you know, whatever. And and I totally get that. I get it. It's true. It's not a mm-hmm. complete picture. But I would I would just say that's not what it's supposed to be. Right. That they didn't they didn't intend for it to be. And I would argue that that is actually very reflective of the ministry of Jesus. So the ministry of Jesus, he rarely fully explains what's going on. In fact, so rarely that when Jeff points it out, you know, Jeff pointed out in the sermon on Sunday that Jesus actually plainly then explains what he's saying. That's rare. Usually Jesus comes in and acts in accordance with the kingdom, and that upsets everybody. And then he's kind of like, okay. And like, 
and he'll sometimes ask a question. Think about when he heals, heals the man's hand, withered hand on, on the Sabbath. And so he's being attacked of like, you know, for healing. And, and he talks about like, is it, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Like, are you able, like, he just, he asks a question, but he doesn't bring resolution. He doesn't fully explain everything that he's talking about. So I would say that like, yeah, there's lots of things for something to be honoring to Christ. It doesn't have to be full, right? It doesn't have to communicate everything. What you want to do is communicate what you're going to communicate faithfully. So the fact that what people took away from that was it, what the whole aim of the ad is to get people to rethink how they've thought about Jesus. I think that's the, the aim is to is is to get people to consider like, oh, maybe, you know, for a lot of people in our culture, Jesus is very distant in their mind. Like they don't and, and they're just trying to say it like, hey. He, he actually was human, yeah. right? Like he's fully, yeah. yeah. And so people are like, yeah, but he's also fully God. Well, yeah, I don't think that's the part that our culture doesn't always get. Like it becomes very like spiritual, but like remembering he actually was in the flesh. So um, so that, that would be one rebuttal. I'm not saying that like, is that, I think they're well done. Yeah. You know, I think oh, they're yeah. well done, but you know, asking the question of like, was well, that the commercial I would have written or whatever? Like, was well, is irrelevant. I'm not writing those commercials. I'm not right. making those decisions. So, um, but I think what they communicate is faithful and true. Sure. And so, I, no, I, so I totally I agree with that. that. We like, it, it's really easy to take for granted the fact that we have we, what we have for God's word. Like, I think it's really easy to take for granted the fact that we have not just little clips, right? We have right. Uh, full clips of we have we have the, we have the full story of who Jesus is, was, will be, um, and then I think also sometimes in this like I'm not I don't, I don't want to take a dig at a specific type of people or group of people, but I think it is really easy um, when you've been walking for a while to forget what it's like, like when you know, it's returning to your first love. And we sometimes right. forget that, like there was a moment where. We didn't know the full story, and there was one. There was maybe a specific part of Jesus or his ministry that was compelling to you. That like that, I, I like for me, I can actually remember. Um, it was really actually special to me this this past weekend, Disciple Now, that uh, section of scripture, Luke eight, mm-hmm. the parable of the sower. That's actually like my first memory of when we were uh, when I was a teenager going through that with a youth group, where God used that to like there was something that came to life in me after hearing that and discussing it and i remember that now uh, it's, a, it's an incredible parable it's an incredible parable but like did i know the entire you know could i could, could i articulate to you no. the hypostatic union no. or you know all these no i couldn't um so yeah i I'm, I'm with you on that yeah and and for me just so people know like where my mindset was when i first saw last year i think it was their first yeah. The first commercials for the Super Bowl. And my first thought was, really? You're going to do a commercial during the Super Bowl? But then when I watched the commercial, I was like, darn it, that's pretty good. Like, so, so I just, I'm just going to say, I think that what they represented, they represented faithfully. It did, I think it accomplished what they wanted it to accomplish. But then the other piece of criticism is the $7 million yeah, yeah, for an ad. And so, like, there were two, I think they did two. And so it's $14 million. And so there's all these things going around of, you know, like, well, imagine how many people you could feed with that and, and all that. And I get that. Again, dollar menu mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. So I get that. However, we do need to acknowledge that God is not $7 million poorer because they spent money on a Super Bowl ad. It's true. They're, even with that, self, I mean, I would just ask, like, how much are our church buildings? How much do we spend on, you know, programs and salaries? And, like, we... There's lots of things that we could go without. That's not the point. The point is, like, are you being faithful to, you know, with what you have and and using it in the way that that you see is glorifying to God. Now you can you can question that or not, but I would say it like there's plenty of money right now to feed everybody in the world. So if that was compelling, like if that's convicting to you, if you're like, man, that seven million dollars could have fed everybody. Or we could have, you know, relieved world hunger. Like, okay, well then, why aren't we? Because right. seven million dollars is nothing for all the Christians in the world that have money to give a dollar. You know, like you could, we could each give a dollar, and then there it is. 
So there's the same $7 million. So what do you, like, I, I just, just that, that concept, it just feels like, it feels like criticism for the sake of criticism. Like we just, we're just so, we just want to be against things and we just want to see stuff and be critical and we start buying into it. And some people want to be divisive with it and then other people hear it and they're like, oh yeah, that is, that is terrible. And I just, I think what I want to encourage us to do, and since this is a podcast that's meant like for us to be processing yeah, things yeah. as yeah. a help for our church, just at least as our church, I just want us to be slow to be critical of things. Like, yeah, let's think critically. And it's totally fine to end with the conclusion of, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a great outreach tool. And, and the reality is we don't know. Like, we don't know. You know, who knows? Like, in the next it takes time to know how effective something was and we may never actually know either way but i just don't want to be uncharitable in our in our criticism like we can critique something and say oh that's not the way i would it's not the way i would do that or or even if we do have an issue with something but but the the comments of like let's not buy into the sensationalism of just jumping on a bandwagon of you know being critical of something because it just, you know, bothers us in some way or, um, and so, so let's not be oversimplified in, in, in like ways of saying, well, you know, it didn't present Jesus fully. Anybody, any pastor who's criticizing it for that, I would love to listen to any of their sermons. And I guarantee you, I can point out 12 million things that they did not say about Jesus. You know, like oh, yeah. it's every time we preach, the amount, of times you get clipped up. the amount of times you have somebody come up to you and they're like, you said this and you're like, and like, right. you, you could hear like, but yeah. Yeah. Or I, they I say, or we're saying. like, why didn't you say that? I get that a lot after sermons. And I yeah. understand when someone says, oh, why didn't you say yeah, this? Like, yeah. yeah, I could have. You're right. You're like, that would be an yeah. awesome point. Sometimes when people say that to me, I'm like, yeah, that would have been a better point. I would like right now, as you're saying that to me, I'm thinking I should have said that instead of this other point, but it's finite in a sermon. You have 35, 40 minutes. Um, 45, 30 minutes, you have, you have however many minutes you have to make the points that you want to make, but you don't have forever. Like you can't, you can't say everything about everything. And so how much more in a 30 second commercial can you only, you're just like, what are you going to, I would love to know. know, I, I'd be really curious and maybe they've already produced this. I, to me, I just, I haven't paid attention to it, but what, what's the fruit from it? You know, what, what is the fruit from it? That's what I'm saying. We don't know. I would, but I'd be curious to know. I, yeah, and I guess maybe it's one of those things you'll never. Maybe we will never truly. I mean, know. unless maybe you have somebody it. that shows up at church and says, "I saw that, and I felt like, man, I want to know more about this Jesus." I saw that, and I saw that commercial. Yeah. So if pastors, if pastors around, you know, because most pastors, when somebody comes to your church for the first time, you ask like, "Oh, what yeah. brought you? What brought you today?" You know, and I think that would be incredible. I guess I would be a little sad if that amount of money was spent on something that wasn't fruitful in any way. But the fact that we're even talking about it means that it's getting people to, to think, you know, and yeah, but and, yeah, but here's the thing. What I'm bummed, what I'm bummed most about is if there are non-believers who watch that and we're curious what they're seeing is Christians fighting with each other and being nasty to each other about it. Sure. Oh, yeah, and I, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like why, how just don't say anything about it like just let it be whatever it is yeah. if it's yep. um unless somebody uh, yeah i you're you're right like it's it's just a now see i i was just going to start with a simple question and it it turned you it turned into you this. did this you did this i, just I was just here not... all i wanted to do was critique jeff's sermon <laughs> and you came in here just, you know like, guns blazing about the he gets us campaign i mean so to your point there i also would be bummed about that I think that we have, I do think that in the Western church, we have major issues with how we use money. Yeah. I just don't want to get into the game of, well, that's $7 million that could have been spent somewhere else. Because to us, $7 million seems a lot. But like I said, $7 million, like how big of a geographical area in the United States do you have to go to find 7 million Christians? So each one of them giving a dollar and there's your $7 million. Yeah. It's actually not that different on a grand scale. With the people that we're giving to that, it's not that big of a difference between that and, you know, ordering a frappuccino when you could have given that to 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 the food food bank. Like the reality is statistically, I'm a numbers guy. So seven dollars that you might spend on a frappuccino 
relative to what I make in a year is really similar to what to what I'm sure some of those big donors gave to that commercial. For sure. For and sure. so like I get it that that feels weird, but we also have to understand if that feels weird, then understand that for people in some parts of the world, the idea that you'd spend $7 on a drink that is like not nourishing, that's just like a total luxury is crazy. Yeah. Right. It's, it's crazy wasteful. Uh, I mean, so like it's relative in that. And sometimes we, we think we, we don't realize, we don't appreciate that, especially when it comes to the, you know, economy of scale, when it comes to money, we don't realize like that relativity. We, we always want to put ourselves in like, we're the normal people. Well, in some ways, relatively speaking, maybe in your current community, you're like a working class individual or a, you know, middle class person. Um, but in the scope of the world, you're not. And so it, it, you have to like, just at least just put it into, in, in, into its proper perspective that $7 million feels like a lot, but compared to so many other things like, well, yeah, it is. And it isn't, it's both. Right. Right. And, and, and man, take, taking, taking those who made it at their best, like at the, at, 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 giving them the most benefit of the doubt is just saying like, Hey, they were, they were called by God. They felt called to use a certain amount of money to do a certain thing yeah. to point people to Jesus. A certain thing that nobody else could do. Like, exactly. here's the other thing exactly. you have to think yeah. about. People who have that kind of money feel a sense of responsibility to do things that other people can't do. And I am never going to be giving to a fund to have a Super Bowl campaign. Like, right. that's not going to be something that I'm called to do, but I also don't have those kinds of resources. By the way, somebody made the very astute, and I'm not going to say who it was because they may not want, but it was very astute when they, when the criticism about spending that $7 million could have been spent. And they pointed out like, that's literally quoting Judas. Yep. When he, when, you know, the woman breaks the, the, you know, and puts a pour, pours a perfume over Jesus' feet and washes Jesus' feet and, and anoints him basically for burial with this very expensive perfume. You could have sold that and gave it to the poor. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Judas who says that. So, like, let's just be mindful that looking at how money is spent and then saying, but it could have been done in this other way, that's a stewardship faithfulness issue, and that's kind of a, to each person, their responsibility and accountability to God to do that. That's not, like, I wasn't asked what to do with that $7 million. It's not my responsibility. And so somebody else has that, but to to treat it as a zero sum game to say, well, now we don't have $7 million to do this other thing is a false understanding of money and how it relates to God. God doesn't need our $7 million. No, you better be careful though, Jay. Like maybe they catch wind of this podcast and then they write you a check and send it to you in, in the mail. And they say, all right, Jay, all right, now make, you make us a 30 second commercial. Oh my goodness. Or oh, you wouldn't want me making the commercial. If you if you gave me seven million dollars and what am I going to do with that seven million dollars? Oh, like, I'm pretty like, sure it's like not gonna... whatever you want to do seven million. Oh yeah, if they did that. I'm pretty sure I'm not buying a Super Bowl commercial. Like, but mm. that's me. Like right. that's right. that's right. like right. I'm pretty sure I would take that and have to figure out. Okay, Lord, what do you want to do with this? And I guarantee you that whatever I did with it, people would criticize it. Well, why didn't you do this other thing? Which, by the way, I'm sure the people who invested the money in that, when somebody says, well, why don't you... First of all, you don't know. Maybe they give $70 million to feeding the poor. We don't know what they do with the rest of their money. We don't know what percentage $7 million is to, like, whatever. That could be 1% of the of a fund that they have. I know the money that's being... I know people who know people that are in that, connected mm-hmm. to that. And... um and my understanding through my connections, my understanding is that these are like faithful people who are just trying, they're trying to figure out ways of proclaiming Christ in a, into a lost and hurting world. And so like, it's hard to fault that it may not be what you would do, but like, let's not be unnecessarily uncharitable to people um, who are, who are sacrificially giving to make something happen but just remembering that God doesn't need money. He doesn't need our money. He wants our hearts. And if we're just generously giving in all kinds of arenas and avenues, like, you know, and what's also, sorry, I don't mean to belabor yeah. this, but like 
what what's also interesting is if you take it at the worst case scenario and you just say like man these people poor intentions poor reasoning whatever that's there there will be a day when they stand before the lord and like you know like there there will be a day when they stand for right. uh their actions sure. right and and, and there will be a day, that falls under their response what falls under our responsibility isn't what was theirs to steward what falls under right. our responsibility is what is for us to steward and that is how we talk about others that is how we represent christ that is how we follow up in this conversation i would hope I really would. I would hope, and maybe anyone listening, this is like happened to them. My my hope would be that if anyone at work were to ask you about that, they're like, "Hey, so right. and so, you like you you go to church? Tell me about that commercial." Your response wouldn't be, "Oh, this and that." It'd be like, "Yeah, Jesus actually sat and like washed the feet of like yeah. and like to actually go to that and use that as an opportunity so, to present the gospel." That's what's oh, our responsibility. You know? I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because my son got a text from a friend after a friend that he's been sharing the gospel with yeah after each one of those commercials really after each one of those commercials he got the question he got a question from like did jesus wash feet and that was after the washing feet one now i don't remember what the other one was i only saw the washing there was a second one that yeah. was a different one yeah oh I, um, okay but regardless after each one he, he got, got a text yeah. yeah and he got to explain like yeah this is this is what it meant that Jesus washed. Yeah. The and how many opportunities do you actually have like somebody yeah, coming up me? to you? So right like... there, I can't believe I didn't think about that when you're asking about the fruit. Well, there's the fruit there was yeah. a teenager was watching the Super Bowl, watched that commercial and texted his Christian friend. Hey, is that like, what was that about? Yeah. Did Jesus, like, what did that mean? That's awesome. I love that. And, and so like, I would just say, man, then let's not let it be. What, what he would find of was is Christians criticizing each other about it. Just like use it as the platform that it could be. And, and then, and just rejoice in that. And like you said, let God, God is perfectly capable of convicting people. Like if they right. weren't supposed to do that, like if they're taking matters in their own hands, God is perfectly capable of doing that. Take care of like what you're being called to steward. It's, it would be pretty ironic for somebody to criticize them for spending seven million dollars on an ad but being stingy and frugal like stingy in their own heart and not generous like sure you don't want to be the person that's like well you spent seven million dollars but not the one that gives like that that would be that's pretty dangerous waters to be in and and same way with the gospel like how many people are criticizing them for not being more complete in what the gospel is are people who are actually sharing the gospel like if you are great but if not like Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't criticize people who are doing what you're not doing. <laughs> like, just like it's, I mean, it's the, it's, it's the parable of the armchair. talents, right? Like it's, it's the yeah. parable of the talents of like the one with the one going and hiding it. And then the one with the 10 going and, and, and using it and whether yeah. they used it right or wrong. Again, that's up for the giver of those talents to determine, not for us it to determine. It is, it is up to the giver of the talents. And, and I love what you said though, about like, then use what, what they said in that commercial, like the one, especially the one washing the feet that. It's true. And every commercial of the He Gets Us campaign, I'm like, yes, that yeah. is that is true. Is it a full picture? No. Maybe they were actually using it to spark conversation like a teenager texting my son saying, what was that about? And maybe they're entrusting, maybe they're actually trusting the Christians in the culture to be ready to say, oh, yeah, let me tell you about that story. Like this is this is what, what that was representing. Yeah. And like what an incredible opportunity. But instead... If we're like, well, I I can't believe they wasted all that money on it. Like, that's not what anybody, nobody's, nobody who's genuinely seeking, no one who is hit by that, who is soft-hearted, is thinking that. Like, yeah. Well, we and, and like, <clears throat> we want to be a part of God's redemptive work, yep. not like not tearing tearing down. Be a part of God's redemptive work to bring people back to Him. I don't know. Like right. that to me is just like. How do I do that with that? Whether it's, you know, God uses all sorts of crooked sticks to draw, you know, perfect lines. Like, let's let's be a part of, whether, no matter right. what. I'm not even saying it's a crooked stick. It may or may not be. Right. That's, no, you know, I so. wasn't. Well, but, uh, okay. So one one last thing on that, and then we're now halfway through the podcast. <laughs> right. More Poor Jeff. If Jeff was listening to this, I wonder what they think about my sermon. You'll have to ask well, us. Yeah, you, yeah. Have to, you have to ask us because we're not going to talk about it here. But um, just the, the idea that, Oh, now I forget. 
Oh, well. wow, that was so anticlimactic. I, I was know. so excited to hear what you. Well, want. I was, you know, I was excited to share. It was, it was worthy enough that I thought, oh yeah, I really should, I really should Obviously. say this. But, um, yeah. So just like let's. Oh, I know what it was. If somebody did say, um, oh, you were talking about like even worst case scenario, and I've thought like, what is worst case scenario for their motives? Yeah, right? we don't know who they are. They don't have a church that they're trying to promote. They're gaining nothing. Like they gain nothing from this. They gave money anonymously for to be a tool for the church. It's not denominational. It's not like it's literally it is as generic as it could be. Literally any type of church anywhere could use that and as a as a catalyst. So like what on earth could be their you know worldly so somebody said like well they're what they're doing it to get rich how right they gave seven million dollars like they spent seven million dollars that was a terrible investment if they did that to get rich because they're not benefiting now if it was a particular pastor like if we paid for if faith church paid for a super bowl ad to try to get people to come to our church what an idea you could uh, right Uh, i think i just stumbled on something um you you could say like oh they're just doing that to promote their own church and then like oh look at you know right the, right so for the pastor's salary and and all that stuff yeah you could say that whether that's true or not is irrelevant but you you certainly there's a version of which you could say oh that's self promoting these people are not they're not self promoting there's yeah there isn't anything there you know yeah yeah worst case scenario is they did it in a way that you were not a fan of. For, that's right for multiple reasons and like that's okay you can you can have that view like and that's fine but i just think we're gonna completely miss out on you know if you even feel that way about it god still calls you to be faithful to those who are in in your area like let's let, let's use those things that you think were used poorly to glorify use him. it and yeah do it and and do it with a clear conscience i just if we're bitter about it if we're grumpy about it then i'm afraid that when a non-believer asks like, hey, what did you, what was the deal with that commercial that, yeah, like you said, that they're going to be inclined to go on a rant about the commercial rather than, and then miss the opportunity to tell them about the Jesus who washes his disciples' yeah. feet. Yeah. Like, what an incredible opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And instead, like, you'd be grumpy about it. Like, yeah, let's not. So that's not, by the way, Thankfully, it's not that is not directly to anybody in our church or anything like that. Like I didn't see anything. I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm not really on social media much, so if there was, I have not seen anything. So for the record, if anybody's sitting there and going, oh, and like going and deleting a post that they made, I have not. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen anything like that. And so, um, so it's not. This was not like it. It just I saw it and I just thought. I know that what we've talked about in the podcast before, like what's helpful is just hearing how are we processing these things. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought, you know, I bet there are people who would be curious to know, you know, what do we, what do we think, and how do we think through that, and what do we think about it, and and everything. So no, I think it's really helpful. Um, I think it's really helpful, and and hopefully, really, I really do. Like, I really hope that if if you did see it, or if you have any conversations with coworkers, that it really does lead to a a beautiful conversation. Because, like, man. That that story right there of Jesus washing the disciples' feet is just you know an incredible testament to who Jesus was and who God is you know and His mercy and compassion to us. So for sure, yeah. And speaking of Jeff's sermon, we actually had a question. Really? <laughs> All right, we got two minutes. What? No, we got plenty. We got plenty of time to answer this. We question. got three. All right. Anyways, we are we're like twenty eight minutes in. This is this is about the time Jeff and I are wrapping up. Yeah. Well, it's I'm in town. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to hear about the when question. When the podcasts are thirty minutes long, I hear that's not quite long enough. But when they're like an hour, it's too long. So I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, I, we're trying to hit like is. the forty forty five minute mark. Yeah. All right. Anywho, the question was: So Jeff preached on the bread of life. Yeah. A couple things that I thought. Well, before we get to the question, I thought it was super powerful when he was talking about the he is statements versus the I am statements yeah. and how. Yeah. What keeps us from really receiving the I am statements is because we are our minds are filled with he is statements, statements that we make about who we think Jesus is. And that keeps us that he didn't have time. He didn't have time to go like I just want him to go deeper into that, because that right there is what keeps the religious leaders from seeing Jesus. They miss him because their minds are filled with statements that they have. They can't hear the statements Jesus is making about himself 
because their mind is full of statements that they are making about him. Well, it's, it's exactly. I'm I'm preaching on I am the light of the world, um, which is just two chapters later, and it's the exact same thing. They actually do the exact same thing after he says that, and they go, "Well, no, actually," and he's like, "I'm telling you who I am." And and yeah, yeah, it's like, man, you could, you actually heard from the creator of the world, I am statements, and instead of like hearing from him and letting him define that, you were yeah. I I thought it was a great paradigm to like think through that, and I think it was really helpful for me to think through where in my life am I am I doing where am I doing the same thing? Where am I like, oh no, this is who he is? Instead of going like, right. no, he, Jesus gets to be the one that says that. Which you know. The, the he gets us campaign is that's a that's an example of that that it's yeah that's what Jesus did so then who do you say and then he does ask us who do you say that I am you know so there is and it's so interesting that he he gives us the answer to the question and then asks the question in a lot of ways and this is one of those examples where he's like I am this is who I am I am the bread of life so I think the question came off of the other another big point from the sermon which was like do we go do we go to god to get the gifts or are we going to god as the fulfiller of all the you know as as the gift right and we talk about that sometimes is are we going to worship the giver or the gift and and um so he makes that distinction obviously in the i'm the bread of the bread of life like you came to me because your bellies like you wanted your bellies full that's why you came to me, but I have something better to offer you. So that in that was this this concept of what we've been talking about and trying to unpack more and more of um, what is it you want, and and how is it that God actually God actually is going to meet you and fulfill your desires at a deeper level than whatever the thing is you're chasing. So Jesus is like, you want bread, but I I am the bread of life. And if you are satisfied in me and fulfilled in me, then you'll never hunger again. And and that's just a that's a difficult thing to kind of grasp. So out of that, the question kind of was like, well, how do I how do I do that? Like how do I because Jesus doesn't say to them, You don't need to eat anything. Like if you just follow me, then your your bellies will be full and you'll right, you'll right, have all right. the nutrients that you need. That's not his point. You know, he like yes, they also they're gonna eat bread. He'll eat bread. Well, obviously, in the Last Supper, they're eating bread. You know, they're eating. So his point isn't don't eat bread. Like you should just come to me and don't and also don't don't ever get hungry and don't ever want bread. But his thing is, but I'm the bread of life. Like whatever you're looking for, I'm the deeper fulfillment of that. Right. Right. So the question was how. How do you do that? Like on a day-to-day basis, like how do you how do you take something that is a gift that's meant to be a gift from God and how do I make sure that I'm not treating it as an idol or that I'm not just trying to get it, but that I'm actually what does it look like to actually look to God to be the deeper fulfillment of that? Cuz for example, like the question that came up was just I mean they're just randomly thinking of examples or whatever and it was just like fishing. So I want to go fishing. Yeah. How do, what's the difference between when that is treated as an idol or treated as the thing that I'm just going I'm just I just want that versus no I want I want to abide in Christ and and I want to receive that as a gift from him if if that's what he has for me. So what do you think? How do you how would you what would you say to somebody who said like how do I know? Yeah. How, I, like one how do I know what I'm doing and then what I mean, I'll give you the answer I give to teenagers because I've, I've had that a few times. Um, I think it's a great question. And, and I've had teenagers who've come up to me and say like, hey, how do I know that I'm not making like an idol out of this? Or how do I not know that? Um, and you know who actually who actually told me this? I'm totally stealing. This is just another Jeff. I, I think it was Jeff that I heard it from. I'm sure he got it from somebody else. But um, and I'm going to. Robbie, he got it from Robbie. Pro- pro- probably um, was whatever. Um, and I'm going to mess up how he said it. But it. it, it Whatever in your life, if it was taken from you in this moment, in your immediate reaction would be anger. Would be would be anger, not um, sad, not, but like you would be angry that this thing was taken away from you. It's not saying that it's not okay to be angry. It's not saying that like you you can't feel that emotion, any of that. It's to say, 
um, uh, what would cause you to feel like you were um, robbed of something because of it? And, and I think the concept of that is, what are you holding on to so tightly that you're not allowing, you know, God to be the one who is um, giving and taking? You know, what what are those things in your life that you are saying like, no, I know that this is what I need to fulfill me. I know that I need this this to fulfill um, my life, who I am. This is this is who I am, rather than having God be the one who uh, determines that. I don't, does that are you track with me on yeah, that? Yeah. So that that's I believe that's from Tim Keller, and I think. He, what he's saying is, what is it, anything in your life that you say, if that was taken away from me, I can't, I can't go on. With That's that. it. Yeah. 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 So anger is an emotion that in certain circumstances you'd be like, oh, well, that's totally understandable that you'd be angry. You know, like there's lots of, I could think of a lot of things that would be tragic that would, ha- could happen where I'd be, where the, where the anger would be justified. Yeah. 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 But I think, so I, do, I just don't want people to go down that road of, of that, but I'm Thank thinking you, like. Yeah that you're saying, if I don't have this, I can't, like life isn't worth living and I can't live without it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things like that. And sometimes we don't even know until it happens, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you think it's something's not an idol, but, and it can happen even on the smallest scale, you know, like if you, if you're really looking forward to watching a football game and, and then all of a sudden it, doesn't happen because the cable goes out or your kid gets sick you know or they're or all of a sudden you have to go pick somebody up or you have to go whatever and you're just like there if if anger comes up or just like you know any any emotion like that you can start to see oh man i was i was really looking to that to fulfill something in me right and now that it's failing to do that or i can't do that i'm being kept from it so i i do think that's one I think that's one part of it for sure is to to kind of kind of ask that of of myself whether whatever it is in my life. I think I think another thing is um I mean this sounds so silly, but one thing is just to ask God if this is like to give thanks to God for the good gifts that he has given us. And and when we want something then to ask him for that thing regardless of how silly it may seem. So like if you're looking forward to watching a football game, like ask God, can I watch a football game? And not in like a um n- not in a I don't even want to say like in a permission seeking, but in a is this a gift that you have for me because I want to enjoy it if it's a gift from you and if it's not a gift from you then I don't want it because I know what you have is is better. But the same thing like with fishing of being mindful, it's just it, part of it is just being mindful of is this a gift from God? And so with this person that I was talking to, we were just kind of processing through, and they kind of went fishing, and and so sometimes, like if you want to go fishing, like imagine a scenario where you want to go fishing, but your spouse is really overwhelmed at you know at home, and your kids are struggling, you know, and are having a rough day. And you're just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Like, I gotta have, I gotta have some rest. Like, I gotta have some quiet or whatever. And so you just go. Well, if you ask God in that moment, while your spouse is really struggling, while your kids are going nuts, if you ask God in that moment, Lord, is is going fishing a gift from you? You're probably gonna be convicted by the Holy Spirit of like, yeah, no, it's really not. But if your spouse is like, oh yeah, go. This is a great time. Go fishing, and um, you know, and your your kids are busy doing whatever, whatever, and it, it's this awesome time. Or you, or you're feeling stressed out, and and you like you're sent with a blessing or whatever. That that can be a gift where you're saying like, okay, yeah, this is a gift, you know, from from God, and you can go and enjoy it as a gift from God. That's a good. That's a, I I really like that. Just to kind of go with that um, scenario. My, my, it's also a good question to ask, is this a gift for those around me? Like, is this, is this going, you know, not just for yourself, but to think of the, even in that scenario, is this a gift for my wife? Is this a gift for my kids? Because there are moments where like, yeah, that, that could be. But the other thing I was thinking of is, you know, a, another just kind of metric, just trying, trying to give like real tangible um, things to think through is like, I, I really do sit on uh, the fruit of the spirit and just ask like, is, is this producing peace, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, um, sure. self-control, 
like, is this actually producing those things in me? Um, or, you know, and just to go on the fishing route, just because that's kind of where we're at. But like, if, if I'm denied that, if that is producing impatience in me or like, as that's getting closer, that's all I can think about. And so I'm not like in the moment, I'm not self-controlled or, or if, um, you know, my family says like, no, we actually need you here. And you, you, you respond back, maybe biting a little bit, like it's not producing gentleness. Like th- th- those good gifts are supposed to produce those fruit, right. That, um, right in us. And so if it's, if it's not doing that, then one, it's not worth it. But two, I think you're getting your answer from God that like, it's not, that's not what he, that's not the good gift that he has intended for you. Right. And I think you're right. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's measuring it as it's either happening or when it's over. Um, because a gift. So one of the ways that you know is, is what Jesus says. So what does Jesus say about temporary bread? It leaves you hungry again. You're going to be hungry again. Right. It's not, in other words, it's not fully satisfying, but when you find him as the bread of life, you will never hunger again. So he's saying like, I am satisfying. These other things are temporary. And so one of the ways you know if am I pursuing this as the thing that will satisfy me or am I receiving this as a gift from the one who satisfies me? So those are the those are the two things. So am I whatever the thing is, whether it's sitting down watching a movie or going fishing or going camping or, you know, buying something playing pickleball um, playing pickleball that's a big thing right now it is a big thing whatever it is if the reality is if i'm pursuing that thing because of what i think it will give me whether it's rest or purpose or meaning or just satisfaction um if i'm doing that it it's going to be empty and to your point it's not going to produce the fruit of spirit because it's not going to be enough, right? It's not going to be satisfying. We all know this. You buy something new. You really want something. You really want to buy something. You buy it. And how long does that high last? It only lasts as long as you're actually participating in the activity. People like you can tell this when you go on vacation. There's been a huge difference in my life when I have gone on vacation as a way of pursuing rest in the vacation. And when I receive a vacation as a gift from God as the actual giver of my rest. Yeah. Yeah. When I pursue it in the former state where I'm pursuing vacation as the thing that gives me rest, guess what? It's never enough. The day it's over, it's like, Oh my gosh, that was not, I, I would have, I would have liked, or, or I feel like stress about what I'm coming back to. And like when I'm, when I'm coming back, I'm just thinking like when people say like, well, I'm tired, I'm more tired after I went on a vacation. A lot of times that happens because we're chasing something in that vacation. Sometimes it happens because we run ourselves ragged going to all these events because we're trying to have all these experiences in the vacation. Sometimes it happens because we're pushing too hard and in, in some, like, like I said, trying to chase experiences or meet everybody's expectations or whatever the case is. Sometimes, like, if you have young children, yeah, vacations aren't exactly restful, but they actually, they're not physically restful, but they can be emotionally and spiritually restful. But the difference is, if I'm pursuing it in and of itself, it's only going to last as long as the actual thing lasts. As soon as the purchase is over, the new car smell wears off, the vacation is over, or the meal is digested, it no longer is satisfying, right? But when, when I pursue, say, a vacation, but I'm, I don't pursue the vacation for my rest, but I receive the vacation as a gift from God for my rest, those are the times where I've actually felt rested, even when we're running, you know, running around everywhere. I remember that when we went out to Yellowstone and we were like constantly like we went we went everywhere. Like we were getting up at like five or six in the morning and going all day. But I was actually strangely rested because it it felt like this was this gift that God had given me. My dad had always wanted to take us to Yellowstone and we got to take him to Yellowstone. And so like, it was this gift that God just opened the door for and we just received it and we went and it was amazing. And then um, like there've been other times where like we took a vacation that we kind of went through Cleveland. Like who wants to go to Cleveland? Sorry, Clevelanders. Um, It's a big Cleveland fan base listening to us right now. But those can be, those can be restful. Whereas I've had other experiences, which you would think would be awesome, but I was pursuing them as the thing that would fulfill 
that as the thing that would deliver. So wrapping that like a bow on that is just the idea that you, if you are going fishing because you think fishing will give you rest and you're trying to escape something or find like you just need relief and you're saying fishing is going to deliver. It's not, they may in the moment, like while you're out there, you might, but chances are your mind won't even be quieted during that time. But even if it is, as soon as you're heading home, you're going to be bummed that that is over and you have to go back to your regular life and guess what that's going to make your demeanor when you walk in the door grumpy because the thing that where you want to be, you can't be anymore. And now you're back in a world that you don't want to be in because the world that you were trying to escape to find your rest, that's a bad recipe as opposed to receiving an opportunity to go fishing as a gift from the Lord and then being filled up by him and letting him be your rest. And so then you drive home on your drive home, you're feeling rejuvenated and thankful and then you walk into your home with a thankful heart. Yeah, and and I I think part of part of where faith comes into this is, um, you you need to trust. We need to trust that if in that moment God is withholding that from you, that whatever it is He is actually giving you in that moment is better. is is not is not only just say He is like withholding this thing from you that is going to potentially harm you in the future. Is that He actually has something better for you in the moment. So just even going with that same thing that God saying no to fishing in that moment, it it is better. It is actually better for you to be home in that moment. Um, and, and I think that that's where like we really struggle sometimes is like, we don't believe that we don't believe that what God is. We, we don't believe when God is withholding something from us, that it's the better. And that's, that kind of goes to like, well, this is how we can start to see where things where we're focused in on the thing rather than, the one who get who we're focused on the gifts rather than the gift giver is that we believe that it's that it's the gift that's going to breathe life into you and the truth is is that God is going to um what God is offering is 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 better well and he's going to breathe life and rest into you and he is a good father so he often does that through gifts correct he does it through friendships he does it through you know vacations through days off through um through like sweet quiet evenings on the couch at home like when they're like there's just there's he does it through all these different ways and when we get it from him then it's satisfying i think ultimately that's that's what we want to do is is pursue him in it and that's why i go back to saying it's like ask him even if it's silly like god i i remember um this is probably a better sermon illustration because it's uh, well i'll share it again there because the 15 people will well, uh, it's okay. <laughs> I hear it. Again. But I think I've shared it before, but I remember when Lauren and I were newly married and our very first Valentine's Day. It's very fitting because it's, val- it's Valentine's Day. Today is Valentine's Day, yeah. That we're recording this, not when yeah. people are listening probably. Um, but our very first Valentine's Day, I was an unpaid intern. We were living in Southern California on like 20 some thousand dollars a year in the second most expensive county in the country. It We had nothing. Like we literally couldn't, we could not spend our grocery budget. I still remember our grocery budget was $150 a month and we couldn't, we didn't even really have that. That was a stretch. And it, and so Valentine's day was coming up and I had no money. And I told, I, I remember laying in bed, Lauren had to go to bed at like eight cause she would open for Starbucks. And, um, so she'd be asleep. And, and I remember laying there and, just praying and feeling so badly that here I have this new wife and it's our first Valentine's day. And I had no, I had nothing and I'm not creative. Like I can't make things. I mean, I'm creative in some ways, but like at the time I was like, what am I going to do? And so I prayed, I just prayed and I said, God, I know this is silly. I know Valentine's day is silly. Like I know, but I just really want to do something for Lauren, but I don't want to spend money that we don't have. And I don't want to be a bad steward of anything. Um, I just want you to know, like, I, I would love, I would, I want to do something for her for Valentine's day. And the next day we had small group, we led a youth small group and we showed up at the house. They were held in homes and we showed up at the house and one of the couples that was also, they were also leaders at that house and they were older, um, older, not old. They were older, different season of life. There you go. 
And he just grabbed me when I got out of the car. He they happened to pull up at the same time. He goes, Oh hey, I'm glad I caught you. A um and Lauren and his wife went ahead and walked in the house and he said, I, I just wanted to give you this. Um I I want you to take your wife out for Valentine's Day. And he gave me hundred and fifty dollars, which was our entire Your grocery. your budget, man. That's your grocery. I still remember budget. the number. I was like, he's like, I want you to take her out to a nice dinner. And you went and spent it on a Super Bowl ad. I did. I was, <laughs> and that's the moral of the story. Um, but like, I'm telling you, and here's the great crazy thing about that. We did that, and it was like the best meal ever. We still remember that meal. I like the meal was probably fine, but it was so satisfying. Yeah, it didn't yeah. feel like oh, you know, it'd been better than one hundred fifty dollars, been three hundred dollars. Like if you'd given me three hundred dollars, then we could have stayed at a hotel, and then we could have done like whatever. It didn't right. matter he gave us that gift and it was clearly like this answer to prayer and that those kinds of things have not happened to me a ton in my life, but that was one of those moments. And it's just such a, like, I think that's the best illustration I have of, of like when you're seeking God to satisfy, like what, what I wanted to be in that moment was God, I don't have to take my wife out. I'm not entitled to take my wife out for Valentine's day. Like it's not something that we, you know, deserve or like you're not, you're not bad because you didn't give me that or whatever. I just let him know, like, this is something I want, but I only want it if it's a gift from you. Like, that's the thing is like telling God, this is what I want, but I only want it if it comes from you. And, and then sometimes in those moments, like he does that and it's way more satisfying. And, I, and this, like the, the last thing about that was we talked about this. I don't remember which sermon it was a couple of weeks ago. But like, ask yourself when you do want something and when you wonder about it being an idol, whether it's playing video games or watching something or going, you know, like buying, making a purchase or whatever, ask yourself, why, why do I want this? And it's not to be like grumpy or to rain on your parade or anything, by all means, like I, I'm a dreamer. Like I love dreaming about like all kinds of doing all kinds of things. Um, but ask like, what is it, what is it that I'm wanting from this purchase? Yeah. Yeah. And it might be like, I really love this shirt and I just, I, I think I would really enjoy wearing this shirt. Like, okay. Like, what is it, what is it you actually want? And then, and then see like, how is it that God actually fulfills that desire? So if it's going fishing, like I just need quiet and rest. I feel like my life is so hectic. Okay. But how is Jesus actually your rest? That's great. But how does he fulfill that more deeply? And then you start thinking about how God talks about what we have peace that you know is beyond understanding and beyond expression like it doesn't make sense the peace that we have in the midst of storms and all this like you realize oh okay Jesus is my peace so when Christ is my peace I can be at peace regardless of what's going on around me and then then I want that and then if in order to receive that God in his kindness says yeah and I'm going to open up your calendar like so that you can go so that you can go take a day off or you can go you know, go fishing or go on vacation or whatever the case is that he is a good father and he gives those gifts. But then when we receive them as gifts from him, they are infinitely more satisfying and enjoyable and they're just better. And I just, I was just talking to somebody yesterday and I hope they don't mind that I share this, but again, it's generic, but they just said they were, they were offered something that they really wanted. And they first said, yes, so something that they always like wanted, it was an experience they always wanted to do and they were invited to do it. And they said yes at first and then they prayed later and they thought, I don't think this is a gift from God. And so they said no. Wow, yeah. And and then the aftermath of that, they're like, I am so glad, in hindsight, if I had no, I'm so glad I said no because all these other things happened and they, it was great that they had said no. If they had said yes, it would have been a, colossal mess but what I loved about it was they were just saying one of the things they said was to your point was that if it's not like that they were kind of as they were expressing they were actually expressing a contentment and where they were that they didn't need that thing they knew they wanted it they didn't need it but also they were expressing knowing that I only actually want this this is only going to be what I want it to be if it is a gift from God and if it's not then he knows that I want that and there'll be another time to have to to receive that. And I just like that is peace that you just can't even like you, peace that surpasses understanding. It does. Yeah. And it's so incredible to get to a place where you just say, God, I want 
I would love to do this. I would love this thing. I would love this opportunity. I'd love this experience. And, but only if it's from you, like to get to a place where we realize I only want this if it's a gift from you. If it's not a gift from you, then I don't want it because you, you're fulfilling this desire that I have that you've given me in a better way. And that's ultimately finding Jesus as the bread of life. Like what the crowd could have done and, and would have been a faithful response is to come over and say, we want you, which is what the disciples do. Jeff didn't like do the tagline at the end, which is like one of my favorite in all, in all of the interactions with the disciples because Jesus goes on. He says, I'm the bread of life. And then he talks about his flesh is he's basically saying, eat my flesh and yeah. drink my blood. Yeah. If you don't, you can't be my disciple. And people are like freaked out. And he explains it again, but then they, they leave. This, this is a hard saying and says many walked away from him. And he looks at his disciples and he says, are you going to go too? And they say, where are we going to go? Yeah, where else would we go? You yeah. have the words of eternal life. And what is so powerful about that is they get it. They don't even know why they get it because they don't understand what he's saying. They, they're probably freaked out also. But what they're saying is we came for you. Like whatever it is that you're saying, we want what you're offering because you. And that's the point of it. When Jesus says he's the bread of life, the people who just wanted bread heard all of his sayings about all that. And they're like, okay, so you're not going to give us bread? Oh, yeah, you're talking out. about this yeah. other stuff? We're out. So seeking Jesus as the bread of life is in part saying you. Where else am I going to go? You're who I want all the gifts from. Like you're who I want any vacation I could want, any activity I could want, any purchase I could make, any anything I could want for my kids, anything I want in my family, anything I want in my job, in my career, like whatever it is, like anything else, that's bread. But you're the bread of life. So I want, I want whatever you are going to give me because you are the one that I'm after. Like you're the one, I want to abide in, abide in you and I want to commune with you and I want to be found hidden in you. And so... If you're going to give me this, I trust you. And if you're not going to give me that, I trust you to give me like like everything that I could possibly desire or want and to find that in you. So I hope that that's helpful. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, guess. I think so. Yeah. I think this is such an important path. I mean, not not so – I think you've already wrapped it up. But I think you've said perfectly – not perfectly, but I – Perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. Nailed it. Oh, man. So good. No, I, I think that that's – going to retire a, now. I, I think hopefully we've given some really good practical ways to process through um, how to think through what are the good gifts that God is giving us. How how do we how do we think through um, how to thank the Lord for these gifts? But how do we like analyze like the stuff in our life and go, is this a gift from God? Is this not a gift from God? Am I seeking the gift or am I seeking the gift giver? Like I think those are all really important mm -hmm. things that we should wrestle through. Um, we should wrestle through and think through consistently. And I like yeah, I think it's it's good. I th okay, I said that was it. But one one last one last thing. Right, always right. always one more yeah. thing. But I think that the re what this contrasts is what we typically do with things like bread or any of the gifts that God would give us is we ask if the gift is good or not. And that's what we end up using as our marker of whether we should do it or not. Well, it's so, the gift giver that's good. Right, but I'm saying like, so we spend more time thinking about like, is it right or wrong to want to go fishing? Is it right or wrong to watch a movie? Is this the right or wrong? Like, is it right or wrong to because usually when people are asking if somebody is pursuing a gift as an idol, usually the defense is like, well, what's wrong with that thing? Like I, well, nothing's wrong with that thing. Like the whole point is, so if, if we're asking that question, it happens a lot with teenagers, right? Like is social media oh, bad? Yeah. yeah. Like should I, and, and we only think in terms of is the thing good or bad? If it's good, like and inherently what we end up doing is we either s declare it bad and so we say, I should never ever do that and no one else ever should do it ever. Or we say, it's good and then it doesn't matter. I can do it whenever I want to because it's good. That thing is nothing. Like when Paul talks about meat, it's like it's nothing. It, what matters is is your heart in it. And so the question we shouldn't, we should not be asking, we should be asking less, is this thing good or bad? Is it understandable or not? Is it justifiable or not? We shouldn't be asking those questions. The question we should be asking is, God, is is this a gift from you in this moment? Is this something that you're offering to me? And and if it is, then receive it. 
gladness and, and rejoice in that and, and receive it without any, you know, qualms at all. And if it's not, then reject it without any issues to just be able to say, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't, oh, you don't want to give that to me? I don't want it. Like I, and then I don't, I, I don't ultimately want that. Like, so what, and, and, and go on and, and being faithful. So I just wanted to get that off of it because yeah, we just good. get so fixated on the thing rather than like it's the true. heart yeah. with which we're receiving it and what we're pursuing in it. So there you go. That was the bonus. Nailed it. That yep. was bonus. I like it. And now we're just at 29 minutes. So Look at us. <laughs> I love it because you can't see the clock. You you know it's not 29 you minutes. You know, but, I know it's not, yep. Um, so does everyone else who's listening. All right. Well, we hope that it has been helpful uh, today and uh, helpful and encouraging for your week. As always, we aren't meant to do this alone, so please reach out to us. We want to get you connected in relationships with people who will help us because that is one of the ways we know and make sure that we're pursuing Christ is just by um, by connecting with one another and encouraging one another on the way. So please reach out to us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com. Talk to us on a Sunday. We would love um, to get you connected. Until next time, grace and peace. Thank you.